اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم لیسن نمبر 38 سورة البقرة آیا نمبر 282-283 سورة البقرة is the longest surah and in this surah is the longest آیہ Do you know what this آیہ is called? آیہ تدین What is this about? Debts, loans From the number of verses the lesson seems very short But one آیہ It covers the entire page of the Mus'haf. And this ayah is known as Ayatuddain, which is the longest verse of the Qur'an. And Dain means debt or alone. The context of this ayah is of financial matters. In the previous verses, we have been learning about riba. Before that, we learned about spending in the way of Allah. And we learned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He promotes, He gives barakah, He blesses the money from which sadaqah is given. So He blesses the money of sadaqah. He promotes charity. وَيُرْبِ الصَّدَقَاتِ And what is it that Allah does not like? Which money does Allah destroy? The money that has to do with riba, that is involved in interest. So we see that Charity is something that Allah likes, He approves of, He promotes it. And on the other hand, riba, charging people on a loan that they have taken, is something that Allah does not like. And loans is somewhere between charity and charging interest. It is between giving charity and charging interest. Because sadaqah is to give for free, and riba is to charge a fee on the loan. So what about a simple loan that you just want to borrow something, you don't want to be charged for it, nor do you want to take it for free. So this ayah deals with loans. It deals with debts. What is the proper way of giving a loan? What are the rulings? What are the rules that we must keep in mind when we are taking a loan? And all of these matters are explained in this ayah. Now, a person could be in a situation where he needs money. And most people, at some point in their lives, they are at a point where they need money, they need to borrow something. And even if it's not money that a person is borrowing, he needs to borrow a pen. Okay? You need to borrow a car. You are in situations where you end up borrowing something or the other from another individual. You don't want to take it for free. Nor does the other person want to give it to you for free. But at the same time, a person doesn't want to charge you. Because charging you, in some cases, especially on cash, what is that? It's interest. Rent is something different. But charging a fee on money, that is interest. So, what is the proper way of giving a loan that is mentioned in this ayah? Now, if you think about it, the longest verse of the Qur'an talks about loans. What does that teach us? What does that teach us? That when it comes to financial matters as well, then we don't do what everybody is doing or what we wish to do. Rather, we have to do what Allah wants us to do. Because our deen does not just teach us how to pray or how to have good manners. No. Our deen is a complete deen, a complete religion, which is why there is also guidance with regards to financial matters. That when you are buying, when you're selling, when you're giving a loan, 
then you have to follow certain rules so that even these matters become an act of worship. So that even when a person is borrowing something, returning something, for that also he gets reward because he is doing it the way Allah wants him to do it. So every action in life can become an act of ibadah if a person does it according to the laws that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given. And we see that in the Qur'an we find guidance with regards to ibadah, with regards to akhlaq, and also with regards to mu'amalat, dealings with people. Not just good manners, not just acts of worship, but also dealings with people. And money is a big thing when it comes to dealing with people. Is it a big deal? Yes. Many times you're interacting with people, and what is involved? Money. Giving gifts, taking gifts, asking someone to do something for you. So it involves money. And we see that money is a major part of our lives. And this is the reason why Allah has given us clear guidelines as to how to deal with our money. So that no person ends up being unjust to another. And at the same time, no person suffers. There's no harm done to another and no harm is done to you. So this is the reason why all of these rules are given to us. And we see that being just, being fair in financial matters is something that is very, very important. You know, a martyr, a person who dies in the way of Allah, all of his sins are forgiven the moment the first drop of blood falls from him. Except for the debt that he owes to someone. That has to be returned. The loan that a person has taken, that has to be returned. So money is a big deal. It is a big deal, even in our religion. Because we think if you're religious, then don't count your money. And don't worry about somebody who's taken money from you. Don't bother about these things. No, it is a big deal. I mean, it's a matter of a person going to Jannah or going elsewhere. So it is a big deal. We also learn from a hadith that once the Prophet ﷺ was sitting and a janazah was brought, a funeral was brought, and the Prophet ﷺ was requested to lead the funeral prayer. And he asked if that person owed some money to someone. And he was given the response in the affirmative that yes, he does owe money to someone. So the Prophet ﷺ said, go lead it yourself. Meaning, until the loan is returned, I will not lead the janazah. So one of the sahaba, he said, O Prophet ﷺ, I will take care of his loans, meaning I will pay them back, please lead his janazah. So this is a big deal. And this is the reason why all of these rules are given. And we see that when a person dies, his inheritance should be distributed immediately. But if he has borrowed money from someone, that money has to be returned first. In all of the verses of inheritance, what is mentioned? مِن بَعْدِ وَصِيَّةٍ يُصَى بِهَا أَوْ دَيْنٍ Meaning after a will that a person has made, that will be carried out. Or a dain, meaning a loan that he has taken, that will be returned. And then the shares will be distributed amongst the heirs. So this is how important it is. Now, when it comes to transactions especially when it comes to buying and selling things, there are two types of transactions. One type of transaction is that which is immediate. It is concluded on the spot. What does it mean? That you buy something, you pay the price for it immediately, and whatever you bought, it is given to you immediately. This is what? On the spot, immediate transaction. The second kind of transaction is that which is on credit which is that a person purchases something, but he says, I will give you the money for it later. So the payment is delayed. 
And the payment is delayed on either party, the buyer or the seller. That for example, the buyer says, I will give you the payment tomorrow or day after. Or the seller, he says, I will deliver this to you tomorrow or day after. You know, sometimes you pay for something and when does the purchased item get delivered to you? A week later? Two weeks later? Now they have your money, but you still don't have your thing. Do you see what I mean? Or you buy something and you say that you will pay in installments over a period of a year or you will pay within the next six months. This is how they make you buy things these days especially. Don't pay immediately. Pay later. Take now, pay later. So the second type of transactions in which there is a delay in payment on either side, this ayah talks about these transactions. Not on the spot ones, but the purchase on credit. So let's read the ayah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Ya ayyuhalladina amanu. O you who have believed. O believers. What does this address mean? Listen attentively. Pay attention. Make sure you follow this. This is a part of your iman. If you don't do it, then there will be a problem with your iman. So ya ayyuhalladina amanu. If you're believers, then you better do this. What? That إِذَا تَدَايَنْتُمْ بِدَيْنٍ When you contract a debt. تَدَايَنْتُمْ بِدَيْنٍ Both of these words are from the root letters دَال And what is دَيْن? A debt. تَدَايَنْتُمْ This verb form is from the word تَدَايُن And تَدَايُن is when more than one person are engaged in something. And what is this? That when two people are involved in giving and taking a loan. So, إِذَا تَدَايَنْتُمْ When you are engaged in the giving and taking of a loan. Meaning, one person is giving it and the other is taking it. So, in other words, you are contracting a debt. One is giving the loan, the other is taking the loan. So when you engage in such a financial transaction, إِذَا تَدَايَنْتُمْ بِدَيْنٍ Then, إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ مُسَمَّى Until a specific period of time, until a specified term, أَجَل is from the root letters Hamza Jim Lam, and it's used for a period of time or a specific point in time. And Musamma seen Mim Wow, or wow seen me. Both are the roots. Wasm is to mark, and musamma is that which is fixed, that which is specified. From the same root is the word ism. What is ism? What is ism? Name. Now a name is given to someone. Why? So that they are specified as an individual. That this is this person, this is their identity, this is their name. So for example, if there are six people, and I say, please come here, everybody's going to be looking. Who? Me? You? And if I take the name of the individual, then they will know, okay, I have been specified. So, ajal musamma until a fixed period of time, meaning the time, the term is fixed, that on this date, the payment will be made, the shipment will be delivered. On this date, the person will give the money. So, إِذَا تَدَايَنْتُمْ بِدَيْنٍ إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ مُسَمَّى When you're contracting such a debt, then what do you have to do? فَاكْتُبُوهُ Then you write it down. فَاكْتُبُوهُ From the root letters? كَافْتَابَ Kitaba To write. Meaning, write down, record this transaction. Record such a transaction. 
Now before we go into the details of writing down the transaction, let's figure out what this Dain is. What is a Dain? Dain, as I mentioned to you earlier, is a loan, a debt. Basically, it is a payment that is delayed up to a specified time period. So there are two things involved here. One is the delay in the payment. And secondly, the time is fixed. Meaning the time of the payment of the loan is fixed. So, repeat again, a payment delayed up to a specified period of time. That for example, you go and buy something and you say, I will pay next month, the first week of next month, the first Monday of the next month. So, this is a dain. Why? Because the payment was delayed and secondly, the time was fixed. And this can take various forms. Let me give you some examples. One example is of saman bayr, meaning the price of a purchased item. Like the example that I just gave you, when you purchase on credit. Secondly, ujra. What is ujra? Wage. The salary of a worker. So for example, a person is told, you do this and this work and you will be paid this much money at the end of the month. Now, a person comes and works for an entire day. At the end of the day, does he not deserve his wage? Doesn't he? Yes, he does. But is he given his wage that same day? No. When is it given to him? At the end of the month. So he is working every single day until the end of the month. The wage is deferred, the payment is delayed until a specific time. So this is also a kind of a dain. Likewise rent. If a person is renting a house, is renting a vehicle, he is told when you return the vehicle, then you pay the charges. Now he is using the car, every second that he is using the car, he has to pay. But he doesn't pay Every second, when does he pay? At the end of the term that was decided. He says, I'm going to borrow the car for a week, I'm going to rent the car for a week. At the end of the week, I will pay you the money. You rent the house, at the end of the month, you pay the rent. So, these are examples of dain. Another example is a qard, a loan that is taken from someone. So a person says, may I please borrow $5,000 from you? I'll return them to you after six months. This is also a kind of a dain. Another example is sadaq, mahr mu'ajjal. Meaning the mahr, the bridal gift that is to be given to the wife at the time of marriage, the husband says, I'm sorry, I don't have it right now. After one year, I will give it to you. I'll give you $10,000 as mahr. I don't have it right now, but at the end of the year, I'll give it to you. This is also what? A payment that has been delayed until a specified period of time. So these are all examples of Dain. Now is it clear to you what a Dain is? So Allah says that when you are involved in the giving and taking of a loan, whether it is rent, or it is wage, or it is purchase on credit, or it is a loan, or it is mahr that has been deferred, basically it is any transaction in which one person is owed cash, and the other is granted a delay. What is it? A transaction in which one person is owed cash and the other is granted 
a delay. Many of you are not writing these details. What will you write on your assignment? Write. Allah says, فَكْتُبُوهُ So write down the important things. Okay? So it is a transaction in which one person is owed cash and the other is granted a delay. So when you're involved in such a transaction, إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ مُسَمَّى The time is fixed. Which means that the time of return should not be vague. Meaning a person should not say, I'll give it to you after some time. I'll give it to you whenever I can. No. The time has to be fixed. Which year, which month, which day. So the exact date has to be agreed upon. So فَكْتُبُوهُ Then write it down. The time is fixed, the payment is delayed, then you have to write down, you have to record this transaction. Now what do you have to record in the transaction? The amount as well as the term, the time of repayment. So these two details have to be recorded. Why is it that Allah is telling us to write down such transactions? What do you think the reason is? So we don't forget. Because you might forget that you were supposed to give $150 to someone, but then so many things were happening that you completely forgot. And this is not fair. Any other reason? You die. Nobody knows about the fact that you owe money to someone or someone owes money to you, and that would be injustice. So you don't know when you're going to die. All such important transaction matters should be recorded. What else? It can lead to conflicts. It can lead to arguments between people. People could be very good friends, relatives. And then what happens? One person was owed something and he was never returned because there was no evidence to show. And then that's it. He's upset with his cousin, with his relative, whoever. And it leads to many, many problems. So Allah has given this instruction. Why? In order to preserve our wealth. Remember I mentioned to you once that there is a reason behind why Allah gives the commands. The maqasid of the sharia, the objectives of the sharia. And what are they? Preservation of life, lineage, intellect, wealth, religion. So this is preservation of wealth. To protect the wealth of the people, this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given this command. And if a person does not record such a transaction, and he ends up suffering a huge loss, that his money is never returned to him, the other person has no idea that it's expected from him to give the money, then is there reward for his loss? There is no reward for him for this loss. The Prophet ﷺ said, whoever does not write down the transaction, and then his right is wasted, there is no reward in this for him. Because it's your job to protect yourself. Allah has given you the rules. And if you don't follow the rules, A, you're disobeying Allah, and B, you're suffering because of your shortcoming. So don't blame anyone but yourself. Now, the first thing that we learn is that all such transactions should be recorded. Especially when they are major, when they are big. Meaning a lot of money is involved. Or major things are involved. Expensive things are involved. Like for example, a sister says to her sister, may I please borrow your jewelry? I'm going to a wedding. Her gold jewelry. Now, this is not something small. It's expensive. It costs a lot of money. So before borrowing, before taking it, write that down, even though she is a sister. But it could lead to problems. 
So you don't want to have problems between yourself and your sister. So in order to avoid such problems, write down the transactions. Likewise, if a person is renting some property, I mean it's a matter of $1,500 to $2,000 a month. It's not something small. If a person has given a loan to someone, so especially when it involves a lot of money, then such transactions definitely be written down. But later on we will learn inshallah that when it comes to small things and people trust each other, then it's not necessary that you write it down. So for example, you say, okay, you're taking my pen, let's write this down. No. You're borrowing my clothes? No, you don't need to write that transaction down. When it comes to small things and when people trust each other, then there is no need. But when it comes to major transactions, a lot of money, then you have to write it down. Now, who should write the transaction? Allah says, وَلْيَكْتُبْ And he should write. لِيَكْتُبْ This lamb that you see with the sukoon, this means should. So, وَلْيَكْتُبْ And he should write, بَيْنَكُمْ Between you all, who كَاتِبٌ A scribe. So this means that the person who is going to record the transaction, who is he? A third person. It's not the borrower or the lender, the debtor or the creditor, no. It's a third person, a third individual. And who is this? Katib, a scribe, a professional scribe. Now these days, alhamdulillah, almost everybody knows how to write. But back in the day, every person was not trained in writing. And even if a person knows how to write, there is a specific way of writing legal financial transactions. There is a particular way. Any person cannot do it. There are certain details that you have to write down. You know, words have specific meanings and any other individual could misunderstand them. Let me give you a very small example. When you're writing a check, okay, at the end, you have to write only. Now, as a child, I remember I would say, look at people, I mean, why do they say $5,000 only? Is it only a little bit of money? As a child, I would think, How arrogant people could be. But then when I grew up, I figured out that, okay, only is written so that nothing else can be added on top. So there are certain ways of writing legal documents, financial documents. Likewise, credit, debit, there are short forms, C, R, D, B, any other individual doesn't know. Someone who hasn't studied accounting, someone who's not aware of these matters would not know. So this is why Katib. Who is Katib? A professional scribe. Someone who knows how to write and someone who knows how to write such legal documents. So, وَلْيَكْتُبْ بَيْنَكُمْ كَاتِبٌ بِالْعَدْلِ But what's the condition? He should write with justice. Adl from the root letter is Aindalam. Now what does this mean? That he should write with justice. With justice means with fairness without any bias, in the sense that the amount that is being lent, that is being borrowed, exactly that much money should be recorded. It should not be increased or decreased. Likewise, the term should not be increased or decreased. The term is one year and he writes two years. No, this is not right. Bil adl, with justice, with fairness. Because it's possible that the debtor or the creditor, one of them or both of them, don't know what he's writing. They don't know how to read. 
You remember when the Sulh Hudaybiyah was being written and Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim was written and the name of the Prophet ﷺ was written, Rasulullah was written, the mushrikeen objected that if we believed in you as the messenger of Allah, then we wouldn't be having this problem. So they objected, they said that Rasulullah should be removed. And Ali anhu was the one writing the document and the Prophet ﷺ told him to erase Rasulullah. He said, I can't. How could I ever erase that? It's written, Messenger of Allah, and I erase it with my hands. He said, no, I'm not going to. So the Prophet ﷺ asked him, okay, where is it written? So Ali anhu pointed out, and the Prophet ﷺ erased it with his own hands. So it's possible that the one for whom the document is being written, he doesn't know what is being written. He thinks you are writing the terms that were agreed upon, but the scribe, he cheats them, he deceives them. Instead of writing 2,000, he writes 1,500. Instead of writing 50,000, he writes 5,000. Instead of writing one month, he writes 10 months. So he could change the details. Or, for example, he keeps the documents, a copy is with him. Before he hands it over to the debtor, the creditor, he changes it. So, should he do anything like that? No. Allah says, وَلْيَكْتُبْ بَيْنَكُمْ كَاتِبٌ بِالْعَدْلِ He should write it with fairness, with justice. And the second meaning of بِالْعَدْلِ is that according to justice, and what is justice? The law that Allah has given. Meaning according to the Islamic law. The scribe, he should write the transaction only when it is in compliance with Islamic law. So, if for example... The creditor, he says that you have to give me interest as well. Every month, 5%. And these people are Muslim. And the Kathib is also Muslim. So should the Kathib write that down? He says, I'm just doing my work. No, he should not write that down either. Because when he is recording such a document, then he will be responsible as well. Then he will be involved in that curse as well, like we learned earlier. So, وَلْيَكْتُبْ بَيْنَكُمْ كَاتِبٌ So in other words, he should not cheat any party and he should not disobey Allah in doing this work either. Because sometimes it happens that, you know, he's being bribed. So he should not take any personal benefit. No, he should do it in the correct way. وَلَا يَأْبَ كَاتِبٌ And the katib should not refuse. يَأْبَ From the root letters, Hamza بَايَا Can you think of any other word? Hamza بَايَا to refuse. Iblis, what did he do? Aba wastakbara. He refused and he was arrogant. He refused to prostrate. So, wala ya'ba katibun. The katib, the scribe, he should not refuse to do what? Ayyaktuba. To write. He should not refuse to write the contract. Why? Kama, because, Allah has taught him. Allah has given him the skill. Now this word kama is understood in two ways. One meaning of kama is because. And the second meaning of kama is just as. So he should not refuse to write the contract. Why? Because Allah has taught him. And when Allah has given him the special skill, which he has not given to everyone, then this person should benefit others with it. 
If Allah has given you a blessing only to you and others don't have it, then how can you show your gratitude to Allah for that blessing? By using that blessing in the right way. By benefiting others with that blessing. That is shukr. So Allah has given him a huge blessing, the ability to write. This is why he should not refuse to write for others. No, he should willingly write for them. And let this act be an act of charity on his part. وَلَا يَأْبَ كَاتِبٌ أَنْ يَكْتُبَ كَمَا عَلَّمَهُ اللَّهُ And كَمَا is also understood as just as. That just as Allah has taught him, Allah has been so generous with him, he should also be generous towards people. And he should help them with the skill that he has. Because charity, sadaqah, is not just giving someone money or giving someone food to eat. No. Charity is also in helping someone through whatever skill that you may have. Remember, spending in the way of Allah does not just mean spending your money, but also spending yourself. Give of yourself, your talent, your time, your physical ability, your mental ability, your wisdom, whatever Allah has given you, give of that, use that to serve the deen, use that to help other people. A hadith tells us that إِنَّ مِنَ الصَّدَقَةِ أَن تُعِينَ صَانِعًا أَوْ تَصْنَعَ لِأَخْرَقٍ That it is a type of charity to help a worker and to do something for a weak person. That someone is lifting up luggage. So it is an act of charity that you help them lift that luggage. Someone is cleaning up. It's an act of charity that you help them clean up. Because is it your duty? Is it your duty? No. Are you being paid for it? No. Will somebody question you if you didn't do it? No. So if you do it willingly, voluntarily, this is what? An act of charity on your part. So likewise, the scribe should not refuse to write for the people because Allah has given him a gift, a special talent, and he should benefit others with that. And if a person has been given knowledge, then can he conceal that knowledge? No. Because whoever is asked and he can give the answer, he can help another, but he conceals that knowledge, then on the day of judgment, such a person will be harnessed with a bridle of fire. You know, like a horse is harnessed. So that person will be harnessed with a bridle of fire on the day of judgment. Imagine. So it's a huge crime to conceal knowledge. And part of concealing knowledge is not writing for someone when you can. But let's say there is a person who can write who knows how to record such documents. Now, every now and then somebody calls him. Please come and write this document for us. So he says, okay, he goes. But then he doesn't have time to do his own work. When you have some skill, then other people, they keep asking you, can you please do this for me? Can you please show me how to do this? Can you please show me how to do that? And you're like, what about my life? What about my time? So to control this, or to make use of his time in a more efficient way, can he charge some money? Can he? Yes, he can. He can charge some money. Why? Because his time is going into it. Sometimes he has to go and spend hours witnessing one contract and writing all the details down, going to the lawyers and so on and so forth. It takes a lot of time. And if he's doing this the whole time, then how is he going to make money? How is he going to do other things? So he can charge for that. There is no harm in doing that. But Allah says he should not refuse. وَلَا يَأْبَ كَاتِبٌ أَنْ يَكْتُبَ كَمَا عَلَّمَهُ اللَّهُ 
فَلْيَكْتُبْ So he should write. Who? The katib. فَلْيَكْتُبْ Then he should write the document. Now notice the command is being given again. That he should write. Write, write, write. There's so much emphasis on writing, on recording such transactions. It shows the importance of documenting such transactions. And why is it important? That people don't forget. So فَلْيَكْتُبْ Now, okay, he is going to record the document. But somebody has to tell him what to write. Like for example, if I say, okay, I'm going to write this for you. But they have to tell you what to write. So who's going to tell him what to write? Who's going to dictate the details? Is it the creditor or the debtor? The one who is giving the loan or the one who is taking the loan? Who? Let's find out. وَالْيُمْلِلْ And he should dictate. وَالْيُمْلِلْ See the first lamb? The first lamb? That means should. And يُمْلِلْ is from the root letters mim lam lam and imlal is to make someone write something by reading out to them by telling them what to write so in other words it is to dictate so he should dictate who should dictate alladhi the one who alayhi upon him is alhaqqu the haqq Meaning the one on whom is the obligation of returning the loan. In other words, the debtor, the borrower, the one who is borrowing the money, the one who is taking the money, the one for whom the time of payment has been deferred. So for example, you borrow $5,000 from your friend. You buy something and you say, I will pay tomorrow. So the one who is taking the debt, the loan, he has to dictate the details of that contract. Why do you think he has to dictate the details of the contract? Because the one who is going to dictate, he is going to know for sure about what's going on in the contract. You know, sometimes you're hearing, you're listening, but you end up missing a detail. Sometimes it happens, right? You say, oh, I thought it was 5,000. Maybe I heard wrong. Maybe I missed that detail. Right? Just yesterday I was with someone and there was such a huge miscommunication between us. And they said, I told you that. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I never heard. Uh, you know, it happens that when you're listening, you end up missing some details. But when you are the person who is talking, who is dictating, then you know about every detail. Now why is it necessary for the debtor to know, to be sure about all the details? Because he's taking a loan. He should be fully aware of what he is borrowing, what he needs to give to the other person, and when he needs to give it, and how he needs to give it, in installments or in full. So he has to know. And many times it happens that people get cheated when when they don't have control over what's going on and they end up signing a contract in which they realize they have to give so much money to someone. People get cheated many times. And especially the terms and conditions are written in such small font that you don't even bother reading them. But they still make you agree to all the terms and conditions. Later on you find out that your credit card has been charged so much. All that money is being charged every month. So what do we learn? 
that the one who is borrowing, the one who has to return the loan, he has to dictate. And Allah says, وَلْيَتَّقِ اللَّهَ رَبَّهُ And he should fear Allah his Lord. وَلْيَتَّقِ Again, the slam means should. Notice all the commands being given here. وَلْيَكْتُبْ وَلْيُمْلِلْ And then, وَلْيَتَّقِ اللَّهَ And he should fear Allah. Why? Why should he fear Allah in this regard? So that he can be fair and just. And so that he will not cheat the other. Because he could say something in an ambiguous way, in an unclear way, and end up cheating the one who is lending him the money. So he should fear Allah in this regard. He should fear Allah's punishment in this matter. وَلْيَتَّقِ اللَّهَ رَبَّهُ And while dictating, وَلَا يَبْخَسْ مِنْهُ شَيْئًا And he should not reduce anything from it. يَبْخَسْ بَخَسِينَ بَخَسِينَ بَخْسِ وَشَرَوْهُ بِثَمَنٍ بَخْسٍ بَخْس is to decrease something in its quantity. What does it mean? To decrease something in its quantity. And not just quantity, but even in type. Basically it is to decrease something in its details. So, He should not reduce minhu from it, meaning from the debt that is due, shay'an, anything at all. Now this reduction could be in three things. First of all, the quantity. So he should not reduce the quantity. The quantity of what? The quantity of what? The loan. It's supposed to be 5,000 and he says 500. It's supposed to be 50,000 and he says 5,000. So he's reducing the quantity the quantity of the money that is involved. Or reducing the quantity of the time. That it's supposed to be one year. And he says, one month. So, وَلَا يَوَخَسْ مِنْهُ شَيْئًا In respect of time or the amount of goods that are borrowed. Secondly, it could be in quality as well. That, for example, it's not money that is being borrowed, but it's wheat, crop. So, he reduces the quality of that that it has to be freshly harvested, for example, and he doesn't give that detail at all. And he ends up giving wheat or grain that is a year old. Okay, The condition was freshly harvested, and he gives frozen. Or for example, you know, jewelry has been borrowed, and the entire jewelry has to be returned, but he says only the gold. And then when he returns the gold jewelry, he says, okay, there were some stones on it, but look, the contract says only gold. Okay, so he reduced the quality of that. It was the entire jewelry, the metal as well as the stones on it. Then the type as well. Sometimes the debt is composed of different things. So he should document it exactly as it is. So for example, clothing is being borrowed. That includes the shirts as well as the pants as well as the jackets. So he doesn't mention the jackets. He mentions his clothing or he mentions the suits and the jackets are left out in that. So this reduction could be in various ways. Those who want to reduce, they will figure out ways of reducing. So Allah says, وَلَا يَبْخَسْ مِنْهُ شَيْئًا He should not reduce anything at all. So in other words, when he is dictating the loan as to what is being borrowed, for how long, when it is to be returned, in what manner, every detail should be recorded in the transaction. Every single detail. Nothing at all should be left out. There should be no ambiguity, no concessions, nothing. Why? Because this is what leads to further problems. This is what leads to further problems. So, وَلَا يَبْخَسْ مِنْهُ شَيْئًا Now, 
the borrower, he has to dictate the details of the loan. But what if he's not able to? And there could be different reasons behind why he's not able to dictate the terms. What are they? Allah says, فَإِن كَانَ Then if he was, who? الَّذِي عَلَيْهِ الْحَقِّ The one on whom is the duty to pay. Meaning the one who has to dictate. The borrower, the debtor. The one who is incurring the debt. If this person is safihan, he is safih. What does safih mean? سَيَقُولُ السُّفَهَاءُ إِلَّا مَنْ سَفِيهَ نَفْسَهُ Foolish. From the root letters, سِنْفَهَا سَفَهَا what is safaha? What is foolishness? Come on, back to the beginning of the second just What is foolishness? Sometimes it is ignorance. Anything else? Being childish, being immature. Safa is when something is light in weight. Okay? So when a person is not mature in his thinking, he is not determined in his will, he can be convinced to change his mind very easily, he can be deceived very easily. And there are different levels of safaha. One is complete ignorance, that a person does not know this is why he's behaving foolishly. Another is that a person is suffering from perhaps some mental issues, so he's not fully aware of what's going on. And it happens. I mean, this is a reality. And it doesn't mean that just because a person is suffering from some mental issues, he's not allowed to borrow or lend. No, he should be able to. Because we know that even if a person is suffering from such issues, he can be on therapy or he is working to get better. So, فَإِن كَانَ عَلَيْهِ الْحَقُّ سَفِيهًا Meaning he is safih. And the safih can be in different forms. So one is that he does not know much. Lack of ilm. Lack of ilm. For example, I have no hesitation in saying that when it comes to financial matters, I am a safih person. Okay? Because I don't know much about how these banks work and how we do all of these things. I don't know. I really don't know. So any financial matter, anything, I don't touch it. I don't deal with it. I don't. I don't trust myself because I don't know what's going on. I don't know what those terms mean. I could misunderstand. I don't want to be in a situation where I have agreed to do something, I've agreed to make a payment and I end up making a huge mistake. So Safi is someone who does not have much ilm who doesn't have much expertise when it comes to financial matters. So for example, there is a person, there is a young person, they don't have much experience when it comes to financial matters, and they want to rent an apartment, or a room in somebody's house, because they're a student. And now the contract is being written down. And they're just freshly out of high school. So, should they go and write down everything themselves? Who's with them usually? Who's with them? Their parents. Their parents are with them. And many times, even over here, if a person is renting, you know, a house, an apartment or something like that, and they do have a source of income, but they don't have much in their bank, then what happens? They have to bring someone else as a guarantee. And usually, who is it? It is the parents. So anyway, Safi is... Someone who is incompetent when it comes to financial matters. Secondly, Safih includes someone who would be considered foolish with regards to financial matters because of lack of age. For example, a person is very young. One is that they don't have much experience. The other is they're not of that age. Thirdly, it could be someone who is you know, suffering from mental issues. So uh, one day they're perfectly fine and another day... They're not. 
It happens. So, in that case, they need money. Should they be held responsible for it themselves only? No, somebody else can help them too. Likewise, Safi may also include someone who does not have good sense when it comes to money. So, for instance, someone who wastes a lot of money. So, anything they like, they say, okay, I'll buy it. I'll get this, I'll get this, I'll get that. So then the wife says, that's it. You're not making any more purchases. Give me all of your plastic money. Okay? So she keeps all the plastic money to herself. And anytime the husband wishes to make a purchase, then the wife has to approve. For example, or the other way around, where the wife, everything she likes, she ends up buying it. So the husband says, look at the bank balance, it's going down, down, down. What are you doing? Oh, I liked it. I wanted to give this to someone. I wanted to buy that for next year. And what if I needed this? And what if we needed that? She has a reason for everything that she purchases. And at the end of the day, so much money is being wasted on this. So, Mubadirul Mal is also included in this. Meaning the family does not trust that person when it comes to borrowing money. So he is Safi. Secondly, Aw Da'ifan. He is weak. Da'if from the root letters, Da'da'infa. This weakness could be in memory. A person has a lot of experience, is of perfect age. They are not such that they waste money, but their memory has become weak due to old age or due to some illness. You know, sometimes it happens that people have to take certain medication because of a heart problem or because of whatever, and that actually affects their memory even. Or as people age, they develop diseases and as a result their memory, it becomes weak. So he has weak memory. Likewise, this weakness could be on account of age. That a person is either too young or too old. This weakness could be on account of health. That a person is weak when it comes to speech. That for example, he stammers when he speaks or he's not able to speak. Now, he has to dictate, he needs to borrow money, but he cannot dictate, he can't even talk. He can't get a sentence outright. Aren't such people there in the society? Yes, there are. Now, look at our deen. How every single individual is acknowledged. People with disabilities, people with financial issues, every kind of person is acknowledged. So, even if a person has some disability, which makes it difficult for them to dictate the details of the contract, then does that mean they cannot borrow money? They can. They have the right to do that. But some other way will be adopted. This weakness could also be weakness of knowledge. Now let's say a person does not know how to speak English. And they are borrowing something from someone who only speaks English. And the scribe also speaks English and the document, everything is going to be in English. Now he has to dictate in English. He doesn't know a word of English. Doesn't mean he cannot have any transaction with the other individual. Of course he can, he should. But he's not able to dictate. So then somebody else will help him. So first is he is Safi. The other is he is Da'if. Aw or la yastati'u. He is not able to. Yastati'u from istita'a, ta'wa'u'ayn. Istitar is to have the ability to do something. So لا يستطيعه He doesn't have the ability to أَيُّمِلَّ That he dictates huwa himself. He's not able to dictate himself. Why? He's unable to speak. He doesn't know the language. He does not know what the proper terms are. 
he gets anxious when it comes to such matters. You know, people are of different types. So he's not able to dictate. Then what should happen? Allah says, فَلْيُمْلِلْ Then he should dictate. Who? وَلِيُّهُ His wali, his guardian. Then the guardian of this person should dictate in his place. The guardian of the debtor, the one who is taking the loan, he should dictate the details of the loan. So who would the guardian be? Could be the father, could be the parents, could be uh, you know, an uncle, could be a relative, could be a lawyer, could be a close friend, could be whoever. As long as he's known as the wali. So فَلْيُمْلِلْ وَلِيُّهُ And this wali, when he dictates, how does he have to dictate? What does the ayah say? What's the next word? Look at the ayah. بِالْعَدْل Even the wali, when he dictates the details of the loan, he has to dictate with justice, accurately, with fairness, according to Islamic law.